Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Child's Play. Andy, I know this move has been really tough, but this is supposed to be a new start for us, remember? You said you were going to try to make new friends. Buddy can connect to and control all of your Caslin products and smart home devices. Introducing your new best friend. Something's wrong with Chucky. Buddy can connect to and control all of your camera power. Chucky is a toy. He could be anywhere. Welcome to Castle and Car. We have to stop him. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for the 2019 film Child's Play, and the story is as follows. After moving to a new city, young Andy Barclay receives a special present from his mother, a seemingly innocent buddy doll that becomes his best friend. When the doll suddenly takes on a life of its own, Andy unites with other neighborhood children to stop the sinister toy from wrecking bloody havoc. The film is starring Aubrey Plaza, Gabriel Bateman, Brian Tyree Henry, and Mark Hamill. It is directed by Lars Klevberg and written by Tyler Burton Smith. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Dan Bayer. I'll be your best buddy. I I am way too creeped out for that right now. Uh, And also (laughs) joining us as a guest here from both Jump Cut Online and AwardCircuit.com, former Next Best Picture contributor and my dear friend, Jessica Pena, everyone. Hi. Hey, hey. Jess, I had to have you on for this one. I begged, I pleaded, I needed to have it happen. Why? Because you have made it very known to a lot of people. You are a huge fan of the Child's Play franchise. Yes, I I love. I don't know who it was last week who basically called me a Chucky psychopath, but I will <laughs> proudly wear that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was even shocked to hear before we started this podcast that Jess has seen this particular film that we're reviewing right now. How many times, Jess? Three. Three times. Wow. And it has even been out for a week. I know. <laughs> 
that's uh, that's officially two more than every other person I know on planet Earth. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, a bit crazy. But with that level of fandom and enthusiasm, I needed to have her on for this one. I'm happy that you're here, Jess. We missed having you on the show, and we are excited to talk about Chucky's return to the big screen. I want to toss it off to you first, though, Jess. What has your history been like with the Child's Play franchise? What were your expectations going in? And did the 2019 version of Child's Play, this remake slash reboot, did it live up to the hype? All right. So so being the Chucky completist that I am, I actually binged all seven movies like a couple weeks ago. And I had a lot of reservations leading up to this film, as I'm sure a lot of people just in general did. Um and because it sort of gives you pause to see another classic get like remade or sequeled like we're seeing with uh, MIB and Shaft this week. Um, so considering what the Chucky franchise has been and what it's created for itself, it was hard for me to get behind this one when the trailer came out. Um, initially, I was like, like the whole world, I was like, who is this imposter? Who is this little guy? Where is Charles Lee Ray and Brad Dourif? Um, I wasn't worried about Mark Hamill voicing him, though. I know he's quite great in, like, um, the Batman animated series, for example. Um, so I, I wasn't worried on that. I was actually kind of excited to see to see that aspect of it. Um, I was I was one of those hashtag not my Chucky people on Twitter. But <laughs> I think what Lars Klefberg does here is, like, a total, complete reimagining of the doll. And, um, like, from his origin stories. And for the most part, I had a lot of fun with it. I was I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised for the most part. So I liked it. Okay. All right. Yeah, like I was saying before, three times in the movie theater, I hope you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what I've been hearing from quite a few people who have seen this movie so far is that they were pleasantly surprised by it. They liked it. Uh, and in some cases, I think it's been pretty split down the middle in the sense of there were some that went in with low expectations and they walked out pleasantly surprised. And then there were those that went in with maybe too high of expectations and they were left walking out wondering what it was they just saw and they weren't even sure how to process it. I might be referring to myself. You're going to have to wait to find out. Dan Baer, let's pass it off to you. What did you think of Child's Play? And also too, a little background, a little context on how you feel about the uh, franchise. Um, so I have no real attachment to Child's Play franchise or most horror franchises for that matter. Um, I am very much not a horror person. I was not a horror person in my youth. And today, like I'm, I'm in, I, I approach horror mostly from like the analytical side of like, how well is it constructed? How well does it get me to scream as opposed to whether or not it makes me, it actually succeeds. Um, I, I don't do gore very well at all, which is the main reason why I stay away from horror a lot. I just like, I would like to be able to watch movies, you know, mostly actually watching them, not through splayed fingers or looking away or closing my eyes. So I tend to avoid them, but I have I found a sort of like newfound appreciation for them in recent years. Um, which is a very long way of saying like no connection to this franchise whatsoever. But I have seen the original child's play um, when I was trying to watch more horror movies, uh, this most recent Halloween. 
And I liked it. It it was very fun. It may be the most 80s movie I think I've ever seen. Mm. (laughs) Um, It just like everything about it screamed my infancy, my childhood. Um, And it was it that was kind of amazing. Um, I was (sighs) I am split right down the middle on this on uh, this remake. I I like a lot of what a lot of how it updates the story, how it updates the um the doll's sort of origins as it were. Um I like a lot of what it tries to do with um uh being a sort of a semi satire on uh technology and how dependent we've become on it and how easily that can go awry. But at the same time I I just wasn't that involved in it. I wasn't that like beyond I, I just didn't feel connected to it at all. And I think that's because there's this sort of ironic distance that the film places between between itself and its subject because we know what we're watching. We know we're watching child's play. We know we're watching a killer doll movie and it tries to have a lot of fun with that, um, with the doll, but because it's having this fun and this kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I didn't find any of it particularly scary. Um, and I didn't think I thought most of the performances were just bland and boring. And for everything that I liked about it, there was one other thing that I didn't like about it. And I'm going to stop rambling now because (laughs) we we only have so long and other people need to talk. (laughs) All right. That other person is Josh Parham. Josh, what did you think of Child's Play? Well, first, I would say that walking into this movie, I would say that I would have a lot of reverence for the original franchise. Uh, I don't think I'm a super fan like Jess is, but I have seen all the movies, and I really like how that series has evolved so much throughout the years, even though they've all been written by the same guy since the very beginning. And this is the first one that isn't written by the original creator. So walking into this film, I was a little skeptical because... I do kind of like what this series has done throughout the years and knowing that this was going to be a departure in some ways from that. I didn't really expect to walk out loving this movie and really just hoping that it wasn't going to be a train wreck. And I have a feeling that I'm probably going to be the most negative voice on this podcast. I think the movie ultimately for me is just sort of a tad bland And I appreciate some aspects that it goes for to try to update its source material for this new era. And like you mentioned, Dan, I think there is very much a running satire on technology. And there's a part of that that I do find interesting. There are even some aspects that they changed to Chucky that I find interesting. But I also feel like it deviates in a lot of other ways that don't really make a lot of sense to me and just strictly speaking from a story perspective and i think ultimately i just walked away from the movie feeling like it could have been much worse but 
not really being all that interested in the different things that they were doing to the Child's Play franchise that I, I just ultimately didn't really feel like I was won over really by it. <sighs> <laughs> okay. This one is for Tupac. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Can I just say that that might be one of my favorite lines of 2019? <laughs> <laughs> Oh and that's the thing about this movie. I was not prepared for how much they were going to lean into the comedy. And it was so ridiculous at times and so over the top that, Dan, I thought of you while watching it. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I did not want to necessarily be spoiled sure. by reactions to this movie. So I avoided everyone else's reactions. I saw it opening night with a full audience uh, for those that didn't want to watch that other toy movie that came out uh, this weekend. And I was expecting this to be a giant pile of shit. And what really surprised me was that much like Serenity from earlier this year, this movie at times was so bad that it actually became enjoyable to watch. And I think the film at times knew that. I would say maybe 60% of the time, the movie knew that. The other 40% of the time, I think they were trying to go for a post-it Stephen King adaptation world of serious horror. And I think that's where the film doesn't work is when it takes itself too seriously. I would agree with that. I think that when it, it does sort of... it can't decide if it wants to be a horror comedy or more of a horror drama or straight horror or however you want to call it. Um, and I, it, those two tones never quite mix really well. And I think that has to play into expectation maybe somewhat because I, I honestly do believe that if you go in with really, really poor expectation, um, there is a chance that you could emerge from this being like, you know what? I had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I got my bloodlust taken care of. Uh, you know, these, these kills are gory. I was not, I was not expecting <laughs> the level of gore that this movie had for some of these kills. Let me tell you. And I think it's, it, it is interesting that you mentioned the balance between horror and comedy, because I really do think that that has always been, the foundation for most of the child's play movies. Yeah. I would only really say the first one is the film that comes the closest to being an actual horror movie. And even that one is punctuated by a lot of humorous elements to it. I think everything else after that, even the, in the original franchise has really embraced a kind of campy, uh, comedic element to it that has mixed very well with the horror sensibilities I don't think this one really gets the mixture that right. I think it swings back and forth between comedy and horror, but doesn't really balance it that well for me. And I think it led to a kind of tonal mismatch that in the previous films it was able to really handle very well, but I just didn't feel like it was executed as best as it could have been in this movie. But let me ask you, Jess, yeah. because after watching all of the films in the franchise very recently, did you feel that the tone that this movie was going for paid homage to those original films and felt more like a throwback than trying to be, 
like a 2019 uh, version of the film. Like I know the story is more modern, but in terms of its execution, did you feel they were going for that old school style? I think in parts they were sort of like with much less like raunchiness, like like as you would mm. see in like Bride and uh, Seed. But I did get those kind of vibes like in the beginning, like like I think I've said on Twitter, like the beginning is like the first half of the film is like the best comedy of the year, hands down. And I kind of like went back and watched it just for that reason, because I just I love when it's being like a little buddy comedy and when it's sort of like forming their friendship and um, how like I guess Chucky is like assimilating to like social cues and stuff like that. So but um, I think in the other half, I don't think it really sticks the landing when it's trying to be that serious slasher or it's trying to be more of like a little gothic horror Chucky gained sentience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it stuck the landing there. Uh, you know, it's it's. I, I keep going back and forth. I don't know how to make up my mind. I still don't. I walked out of the movie theater and I was completely dumbfounded by this film. I, uh, Dan, I don't even know how you wrote the review on this because I wouldn't have known where to begin, honestly. I, honestly, <laughs> this review, this is the hardest review I have ever had to write. I agonized about this for so long because I just like I didn't know what to say <laughs> I, I really didn't I was like this is so like I admire like more remakes should have the courage or their convictions to go out and really do something different like this but at the same time like a lot of those things that it does different are also the reasons that I don't think it works mm-hmm like, I completely agree with that. Well, uh, okay, so what I'll what I'll add on to that, and I'll um, I knew I know this was going to come up at some point. I'll just come right out and say it. I think Mark Hamill does a good job with what he is given. Agreed. But I really, really, really missed the personality that Brad Dourif brought to Chucky because Mark Hamill essentially just playing a robot didn't do it for me. Well, the other thing is that this is also basically a different Chucky. You know, yeah. the whole backstory about this serial killer being inside the doll with his soul, that's not in this version at all. And that changes the entire dynamic of what this doll is doing in this story and his relationship to Andy. And like you said, Dan, on the one hand, you can appreciate them trying to do something different that isn't just completely copy and paste from the original but I think that the trade-off that you get with that, though, is Chucky doesn't really feel like he's an actual character in this film. He feels no. just basically like an accessory. And there are some interesting things they do with that premise, but ultimately he never really feels that fleshed out to me. And I think that was the element I was most missing from this film. And, and I, I started to – honestly, I was never able to fully take the leap that the movie wanted me to take in terms of its logic with how quickly Chucky, this, I, I, I don't even know what to call him at this point, doll thing, whatever. Like I, I was never able to really get on board with how quote unquote advanced he becomes by the end of the movie. Considering how he starts, oh, I had absolutely no problem with that. Oh, you see, I, I had a huge, I had a huge issue with that because I, I, if this thing does not have the soul of an actual human being inside of it, and it is just supposed to be some sort of a machine, and this is like what supposed to be 
Terminator? I, I like, I, I didn't know what to make of it. it honestly, I mean, basically, it kind of is Kitty Terminator in a way with the red eyes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, but the thing is, for me, was that I mean, I'll get to my feelings on the doll in a sec because I'm sure everyone has opinions about that that we need to talk about. But um, I, the thing, oh God. We should have had alcohol for this review. I agree. Like the, the thing about I have alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I came prepared. Um, I love that. Chucky um, would be proud. OG Chucky. <laughs> oh no! I feel like you just laughed like Chucky there, Dan. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I am known for my laugh, so yeah, I'm not. Sur- I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but anyway, what I was saying, the um. The, the the problem with making Chucky this sentient technology, this kind of hybrid of Teddy Ruxpin and Alexa or Siri, is that there's no character there. There's nothing to feel anything for this character. So it's it's literally we are, you know, it while it has personality that's not the same as having like a, a character and i think that's a big mistake that the movie makes sort of across the board um there's a lot of personality amongst the characters in the movie but there's not a lot of actual character well we do know chucky's motivation we do his motivation is to be friends forever with andy and give andy whatever he wants right and there are times where that is taken Literally. Right. And it, it's <laughs> twisted because he doesn't have – all of his inhibitions have been completely zapped by that poor Vietnamese um, plant factory worker. That should have just set the tone for me right from the beginning. I, I, I should have I should have known right away what kind of movie this was when he programs the doll because he gets fired from the job. It's yeah. like uh. – <laughs> And and then he and then what what really set it off and this happens in the beginning so I don't I don't mind saying this as a spoiler but like after he programs the doll like ha you fired me and I'm gonna show you switch it to evil as the uh, Simpsons has been literally the parody. My uh, thought, Matt, it, that was literally yeah. my thought when I was watching the movie. Yeah, the entire internet caught on to it and they all posted memes about it. It, it was it was so so blatant. But then he throws himself off the window and kills himself right afterward. And it's like Because of course he does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's how I felt about this movie where a lot I'm like, oh of course. Oh of course. Of course. Yeah. Little girl there. Oh, she looks so cute and innocent. Yeah. Blood all over her face. Of course. There's there's so many moments like this in this movie where I'm just like, and Chucky's going to be in the corner. Of course. (laughs) But like, and that's the thing, like they, they do these things and you know, like they play around with the expectations and especially in the first act of where the doll is going to be, which means that like, Oh, we don't see him there. Well, he's going to be in the next shot then. And, lo and behold there he is so it, which to me like is you know, like you know it's kind of like haha good one movie but that's kind of it <laughs> then the question i have in regards to that though is uh did the jump scares work for anyone no, no. if the jump scares didn't work did the creepiness factor work no I would say no, but I would also, again, state that I don't think Child's Play has ever really been a series meant to really 
truly scare you or creep you out. I think that it is always understood that the idea of a killer doll is inherently kind of silly to begin with. And I don't think that they've ever really tried to be a very serious horror movie. So, like, yeah, does this movie not really do a great job of scaring you? No. But I think in fairness, even though I'm not a big fan of the movie, that's never really been the objective of most of the child play films to begin with. No, but it also doesn't do that great a job of making you laugh. I don't know. There were some parts that really did slay me though in this. Is the other? I mean, like uh, outside, like literally everything that had to do with Chucky as a technology thing, like as an Alexa, basically, was good. Wasn't always necessarily funny, but like that to me was by far the most engaging bit of it. Although, like, (laughs) like I said before, like I have to say, the design of the doll is so bad yes it is too uncanny valley creepy to it's, ever it, it is cgi right for kids it's not cgi until like the end I think wait wait, wait, wait. you're trying to tell me he's not fully cgi throughout the entire movie no it's, no, it's a, a combination he's animatronic. CGI animatronic. yeah that why does he look so bad that's, i think they just designed him fine. differently yeah. <laughs> That's just the design of it. Uh, then then it's got to be something to do with the lighting or something cuz there were times where uh, one I'm at, I'm very surprised at. I'm very I'm genuinely surprised cuz there were times where I was looking at him and I was so convinced it had to be CGI because it didn't look believable. <laughs> Here's the thing, with all the child's play like with Chucky's, they use they have like 5 to 6 different Chucky dolls for like different purposes or however they need to use them or move his muscles. So I think that's why in some shots he looks really different. And when he needs to move a lot, his face looks a little bit more wider. And I think you can tell in the movie. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, speaking of unintentional comedy, though, or maybe it is intentional. Like I said, I, I'm still on the fence about this movie in terms of what it was trying to do here. There are times where they really have fun with Chucky's facial animations and yeah. just like his his expressions. When they scare the jerk boyfriend in the when he has the yeah. door open, he's like, rawr. <laughs> uh, I, I was I, I all that was going through my mind while watching the movie uh, in those moments was I cannot wait for the Internet to make gifts of Chucky's uh, facial reactions to certain moments. And we can just like use these all throughout the Internet. I just can't wait for them <laughs> because some of them were priceless and others. I like they just didn't look good uh, to me. And I'm, I'm genuinely surprised to hear that it isn't uh, visual effects because it should have looked a lot better, in I mean, my opinion. It's amazing to me that this had a what I'm presuming is a higher budget than any previous Child's Play film, and the doll looks demonstrably worse. But, but let me ask you this, Dan: Did Mark Hamill kind of make up for it with you, or for um, what they were going for? I, he did. <laughs> I not entirely. Like I, I really liked his voice performance. Like I, I, I thought it was flawlessly modulated to the point like you know you actually believed at first like this this is the soulless robot voice and as it goes on you know like shading it just enough and i i I really liked that part of it but like (sighs) the look was a lot to get past (laughs) yeah i think mark hamill i'm I love Mark Hamill, and I especially love Mark Hamill doing voices. I think he is one of the best voice actors working today. I agreed. 
But I think that the issue that I kind of have with him in this movie is twofold. One is just the material that he's given. I don't think that he's really allowed to be really like truly letting loose with this character because it's not that much of a character. So it feels like he's kind of constrained a bit by how effective he can be. Right. And I think the other problem is kind of outside the world of the movie, unfortunately, but it's hard to measure up to Brad Dourif. You know, for somebody who's been voicing that character for like 30 years at this point, it's just really hard to introduce a new person in that role and live up to that. And I think if you were going to get anybody, Mark Hamill is definitely somebody that would be appropriate. But I think you then got to basically like bring the Joker Mark Hamill to this. And they just didn't really do that. They went with another approach that to me felt a bit muted for my taste. Okay, like some of my gripes with it a lot was um, it comes down to like the supporting characters in the movie. Um, they they generally felt like throwaway because they felt so disengaged mm-hmm. from the mm. core of what was going on oh. throughout the movie. They looked like they didn't care at all. Yeah, like more specifically, the lack of role for Aubrey Plaza really <sighs> bothered me because in the original, um, I think it's Catherine Hicks who plays the mother. Um, yeah, she finds out about how dangerous Chucky really is. Like quite early on in the film when she like threatens to throw Mm -hmm. him in the fireplace and from there it sort of like becomes like a cool like fight at the center of the story with her the detective and andy all band together and it really gave them things to do in the film um like when chucky stabs through the leather seats when the guy's driving and always get nervous (laughs) in that part (laughs) but yeah like i don't know this one kind of failed its supporting characters i think i actually came to the movie because of the cast. Yeah. Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, Aubrey Plaza, Brian Tyree Henry. I was like, whew. How can you go wrong? Yeah. And yet I was left so underwhelmed by all of them. All I kept thinking while I was watching Brian Tyree Henry on screen was oh, God. You, you 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 gave one of the most amazing performances last year in less than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't see like any effort from you whatsoever with this. And Aubrey Plaza, I think, was so disengaged with this that at times it just her acting to me just came off like she didn't want to be there. And you know what, Jess, you're probably right. That might have to do with what little she was given. Uh, she might have been creatively dissatisfied with it. I think Aubrey was a victim of two things. One was miscasting. I, I, I don't think she was right for this role as written at, at all. But secondly, I don't think this part is really right for anyone as written. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I found the what and I got a feeling they were going to do this from the trailers where it seems like Andy is the hero of the story. And in the original child's play, the mom is the hero of the story in a lot of ways. Um mm-hmm. And it's kind of shared between the two of them in the original is, story. It is. It's shared between her and the cop in the original. Um and but in this, like, it's, all her agency is completely stripped away. She it she is, you know, a single mom trying to make it work with her kid, but also, like, it, is in what is implied is another in a series of failed relationships with an abusive fucktard. Um, and, but she's, like, she... 
it's just this weird who, who by the way is displayed so poorly so that God. every single time he was on screen Boo-hoo. i once again started to catch Boo-hoo. on that like the film's doing this like intentionally for laughs yeah like they're going overboard so with big. it but the like the but that's one of those things where like the character as written is this big monster but like the actor isn't really like he isn't going over the top he's just sort of playing him as a monster no it was actually played dry yeah and it yeah. was like they were taking it seriously and i'm like no 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 no, no, no. i didn't think, i didn't take it I, I, no i didn't interpret that as being serious i interpreted it as like I, I caught on to that there were a few moments where there were these like awkward pauses before characters would say certain lines or something like that. And they were cheesily written. And I kept just thinking to myself, okay, is this bad because it's bad? Or are they intentionally going for something bad that it will make us laugh? Like are like are they really, really doing this intentionally? Considering we know that this is a child's play film and we know the long history of these movies, as we have said before, that they're played for like dark comedy. So it was just like this really weird fine line to cross at times. Like like his I was about to give a spoiler, but there's something that happens to this character <laughs> that becomes a <laughs> ridiculous running joke. That is just so grotesque and over the top, and you're always constantly waiting for that reveal to happen because it is just so ridiculous. So ridiculous. And then, of course, when it does happen, it's awesome. And, you know, it's like, I gotta say, for all the misgivings I have with this movie, for everything that I think this film does absolutely terribly wrong... I cannot deny that a part of me still had a little bit of fun with it. Like, I was not sitting in my chair bored. I was not sitting in my chair saying, this is the worst movie I've seen in 2019. (laughs) And I was not offended by anything necessarily. I I just thought things were objectively bad. But I still was able to find a good time with this. And I I, I think that's like a small miracle in and of itself almost. (laughs) There's definitely lots of fun to be had. I mean... Particularly with, you know, the wrapped gift. (laughs) (laughs) I also like Carlise Burke, who has, you know, one of the great names, one of the great character actress names of all time, is a joy to watch in this. Oh, my gosh. The scene with her in the car. Oh, my God. (laughs) Even from when she orders the car and you're like going, oh, well, we know it's going to happen now. But like she is so. It's fun to watch from that whole she makes that whole sequence work as well as it does. I mean, mm-hmm. really. I I think like she is a lot of fun. I think Mark Hamill is a lot of fun. What do we think? What do we think of the kid? Gabriel Bateman. Great. Fine. I was actually going to mention him. He is my favorite performance in the film, to be honest with you. And I think that this is actually one of the changes from the original that I liked because they've aged up that character because in the original he's like eight or something like that and he's yes. like 13 like 12 or 13 in this movie and i think him being older obviously allows him to do more just physically emotionally and i i liked his performance i thought it felt very believable as a kid who is in a single parent home and is feeling the sense of isolation and even though he's like too old to have this like doll friend the way that he gets to interact with him in this story to me felt very authentic and truly i thought that he did a really good job as the protagonist of this film 
What is up with his friends, though? Yeah, and the friends I didn't like too much. They were fine. They, super that was like <laughs> that, that was like my like they're trying to make this it, and like it it didn't work. They decided halfway through actually actually this isn't working. Let's just forget those kids. And then next thing you know, there's like more kids, and I'm like, where did <gasps> like did, like was there time missing from the movie that was cut? Or yeah. something. It just seemed like there was development missing for know. the friendships of those kids. It's and then strange. there's this like forced banter, like 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 Josh said, to kind of like, oh, we got to capitalize on Stranger Things and it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's like all the rage right now. Right. So but man, did that that definitely didn't work. That definitely didn't work. But like, can I tell you, I. I thought Gabriel Bateman was 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 good, and I appreciated the fact that they aged him up a lot because the the kid in the original Child's Play is not so great. But why the hearing aid? Yeah, I, this it bothered me so much because um, the the mom makes a big deal about it. And like one of the first scenes, like we need to get a new battery or need to get you a new hearing aid or something because this one's old and not working. And then it is never an issue for him. Well, until the end of the movie. But it's it not even like so. <laughs> I kind of have a problem with that because I don't think his hearing aid is a Castlin product. So I don't know how that yeah. works. Yeah, exactly. That, it doesn't have the Castle logo, and but Chucky's yeah. speaking into it, but like no one else is around, so Chucky could just be speaking over a loudspeaker. Like, there's no point in him talking like just to Andy through. And if they if they could do that, then there were so many points earlier in the movie where that could have been effective. Yeah, it felt like it was something that was supposed to be like, yeah, his hearing aid would have been a Castle product, and. Chucky was tapping into that throughout the film yes. and it would have been a device and could have been actually fairly interesting yes. because then that is another element that he would use to get into Andy's head and manipulate him. But yes. it's really only used once at the very end of the movie. And yeah. that's the only place that it's really like put in the story in any kind of meaningful way. And then yeah, you're, you're and not, you kind of feel like, why was this even an issue for this character. It makes no sense. I think it was just so he could get bullied at one point when the, uh, the other kid like flicks it off his ear. Which sends a bad message, I think. We, and yeah. only kind of further pushes some issues with the movie forward. Like, you know another and- issue I had? Um, it has to do with animal violence. I don't know if you can mm, that. Yeah. I was wondering if this was going to come up. Yeah, three times and every time I felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of told myself that if I see an animal in a horror movie, nine times out of ten, they're going to die, or something <laughs> is going, something bad is going to happen to them, and if you don't believe me, like, think about all the horror movies that you've seen with, like, dogs or cats in them, and... Nope, you're, you're right on the money. <laughs> usually don't really make it out, and I mean, there's a reason for that, because it's, a, it's an easy way to set up stakes of some violence at the beginning that doesn't impact human characters, so it's an escalation point. But, yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I kind of expect it at this point in horror movies. I just, I don't know. I I, I feel like cats are, like, all the rage right now in 2019 <laughs> with uh, Captain Marvel, Toy Story 4, Child's Play. Sabrina. Yeah. Pet Cemetery. Oh, my God. 
Can we just like get like the top ten uh, cats of 2019 and somebody make that list, please? It's like cats are having a moment, but also like they're evil or dying. <laughs> it's like it's like Hollywood is just saying we're so fed up with people's obsession with cat memes on the internet. Just stop already. Ugh. Maybe that's maybe, maybe you know what with all the uh, commentary on technology and consumerism, maybe that is a hidden subliminal message in the child's play films. <laughs> We're tired of angry cat. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. I I, have, I do have some more I would like to say about this, but I do feel that it would just be inconsequential and would only kind of maybe contribute to the pile on at this point. So I don't really have anything really substantial necessarily left to add to this. I will say that the movie did something that I was completely not expecting it might actually be my favorite part of the movie altogether. And that is at the very, very end. There is a song over the, the closing credits. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. You are my buddy until the end. That was creepier that was than anything else in the entire movie. Genuinely. That was fantastic. When he sings it to Andy, he's going to bed and he's like, shut up. This song needs a best original song yes. nomination at this year's Oscars. Yeah. Actually, the score was pretty good too. About Bear McCreary, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, it yes. did a good job of again, like sort of updating the Child's Play music. Yeah, I took note of that uh, right away, and I, I actually. When it was first introduced, I was like, wow, I genuinely really dig what they're going for here. But then for some reason, there's like long stretches in the movie where the score disappears and doesn't really come back. And I went back and I actually re-listened to it later on when I got home. And on its own, it's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Bear McGreary is a really talented guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jess, final thoughts. Great out of 10. And we will talk about Oscar potential afterwards. <laughs> will uh, we know? Will we? <laughs> uh, final thoughts, great out of 10. What do you got? Okay. Well, I think it gets a lot of points for me for completely reimagining this character's origin story in a way. And I really enjoyed it. It's really updated. Um, and my favorite parts, you know, was was Chucky learning as a machine and growing and like how he doesn't know how to honor Andy's friendship in ways that don't involve killing others. And I really, you get to see like this progression that you didn't really see in the original because he was already messed up. He's already a serial killer, of course. So that was really entertaining to see. Um, um, but yeah, to see him adapt by his own means. Um, and sometimes you were kind of like rooting for, you felt sorry for him because he would get in trouble. And I think the part where... Um, he does something and he gets like grounded pretty much and he's like holding a teddy bear in the dark i don't know if you guys remember that part. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god i just want to hug you yo of uh, that reminds me really quick i want to buy a buddy bear so badly oh, oh my god yeah <laughs> i need to find that on ebay amazon something i want one i want one in my life you can keep your life-size chucky dolls i want a buddy bear <laughs> a killer buddy bear fyi yes. 
Oh, okay. um, Sorry, Jess. Continue. No, I just yeah. <laughs> the buddy bear warranted mentioning. <laughs> I really liked. It. I think the standouts were uh, Gabriel Bateman and Mark Hamill, and um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was really interesting to see him go a little bit off the rails when, like, the friendship became too hardcore for him, and he took it way too seriously. <laughs> but I think it was interesting. It was really fun. I had a lot of fun with it. So I give it like a six out of ten. Okay. All right. Dan Baer, what about yourself? Um, you know, like I said earlier and like I said in the review, I am split right down the middle. Um, you know, every for everything that I liked about it, there was something I didn't like or didn't think worked very well at all. Um, I oh god, the cinematography in parts of this was so dark and underlit that you could barely see. But then there are like a couple of really there was that one really, really gorgeous shot of Andy um like yes. poking his head out of his bedroom in the blue, and then you can see the red from where Chucky's red eyes are, like or something like <laughs> that was that one shot was so good, and then the rest of it was just so bland and underlit and uh um but yeah, like there were there were for like all the problems I had with it. It's still, there are still lots of moments of fun. Everything with the robotic car is just great. Everything with the wrapped gift is hysterical. Um, and you know, it, it's not terrible, but it's, it's not good either. And like, I just the whole time I kept thinking like, I'm just like, I just wish I was watching the original instead. <laughs> like, cause everything the original does well, this one does about as well or slightly worse. And the one thing that it does really well, which is the satire, like whenever that's on, it's on, but whenever it's off, the movie just completely falls off a cliff for me. Um, yeah. I, I am, I'm at a, Right down the middle, I'm a five out of ten. Okay, all right, Josh Parm. Yeah, I, I think just ultimately this movie just doesn't really work the way that I think it wants to, and there are things in it that I do find sort of interesting. Uh, actually, one of my favorite scenes in this is when uh, Andy and his friends are all watching the sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and Chucky is watching them and seeing how much fun and enjoyment they're having out of watching violence. And that kind of initiates his uh, programming to want to kill. And I thought that was a really interesting idea, but I don't think it has a lot of great follow through because then it just sort of reverts back to, you know, like red eye general evil Chucky, which I thought was a little incongruous with what they were actually doing in the story. And I think that there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie where it kind of has an interesting idea to get the ball rolling, but it doesn't ever really land it that well for me. And I just don't think it really has that much creativity and the balance between the horror and the comedy doesn't quite work for me and especially doesn't work as well as it does in the other films. So I think I'm going to land at a three out of 10 personally. I've seen worse movie this year and uh, worst movies this year and i don't think that this is probably going to come anywhere near like a total bottom by the end of it but 
it is a movie that I kind of walked out and just feeling like you said, Dan, kind of just wish I was watching any other child's play movie except this one. I don't know if this film is a stroke of brilliance or just a stroke of bullshit. I have no idea. I think it's a little of both. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I keep going back and forth on it over and over and over. And I can't deny that I laughed. I can't deny it. It was so ridiculous at times that you just couldn't help but giggle and chuckle at how ridiculous it was. But then there were times where it did ask me to take it seriously. There were some jump scares that were really trying to play off the creepiness and the real horror. Uh, There's a scene uh, in particular in a basement that goes on for way too long and... At a certain point, I didn't know if I was – once again, it's like one of those things where you're just you bringing stuff from the already established franchise into the movie. I, I was like really confused on how I was supposed to feel about Chucky gaining sentience uh, throughout the course of this film. And I just kept going back to Brad Dourif and how much I miss that overly vulgar, aggressive tone of that character. And – it's so in your face that it's actually enjoyable at times. And I guess that's part of the reason why the other uh, films have an enduring legacy amongst its fans, uh, just being one of them. <laughs> Mark Hamill, I think that there is room if they ever do decide to go back to this and make another one. I do believe that there is more that he could explore. And maybe, just maybe they could get him to a point where he can have uh, more freedom with the character and maybe get to that level. I really hope they don't make another one. <laughs> it's going to mess oh. with my feelings. <laughs> well, that's it. Okay. I'm in, uh, I was not expecting to hear you say that. Um, interesting. Because I actually think that there is enough here that they didn't get right that if they made another one, there's a chance that it could be substantially better. I just don't know how I'd feel about having like two completely different franchises that seemingly will be like competing with each other in the zeitgeist. Mm. That makes sense. No, no, I guess it does. I mean, Don Mancini is still going with the uh, strong with the other films. You're right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like a TV series that he's working on right now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he actually has plans for another, an eighth uh, Child's Play movie. Well, of his Child's Play franchise. Yeah. Well, that's the only series that really matters. <laughs> I think one time he's quoted as saying Nur- he's nurtured the franchise for 30 fucking years. So. <laughs> he feels very personal to this franchise. Oh, well, my favorite thing that he did was when they like announced uh, like the poster for this new film, he tweeted that uh, Mariah Carey gif of I don't know her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. <sighs> Yeah, five out of ten. <laughs> that seems appropriate. Split it right down the middle with a kitchen knife. Just five out of ten. Uh, Oscar potential. Best original song, Mark Hamill. Oh my god, I hope so. That would actually be really fun. If it would, if it were to just simply make it onto the short list and didn't actually get nominated, I would consider that a win in and of itself. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest yeah. accomplishment if it could just make the short list. 
I, that would make me so happy. <laughs> it would be one of the coolest, coolest, like, shortlist, uh, like, little trivia blurbs in the history of Oscar. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, Child's Play, the 2019 version, yeah, that actually made the Oscar shortlist for Best Original Song, and people would just be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Outside of that, yeah, nah, not gonna happen. Yeah, and even that is a long shot. Uh, yeah. Well, Jess, uh, thank you so much for returning back to the podcast to grace us with your presence and give your review of Child's Play 2019. Oh, can I just say one more, one more thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, I can't. Like, I forgot to mention um, when his like his the tip of his finger lights up to control other devices. It's kind of like ET <laughs> and that relationship that happens. There. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I like that. I like that too. Oh my That's gosh! A fun little detail. <laughs> and the RoboCop little police car. Yeah, that was yeah. good. Yeah, alive, you're coming with me. I, I, I like that this movie does have references to other movies in it. I did get a kick out of that. I do think that there is a bit of Terminator there, as I was mentioning before. Uh, the ET bit that you just said there, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, bit that we were talking about. Uh, like I said, there's aspects of this movie that I definitely like, but then bad dialogue, bad acting, no. bad cinematography. <laughs> I don't even know what that doll looked like at times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a mixed bag. But hey, if you had fun, I ain't going to take that away from you. So, Jess, uh, as I was saying before, <laughs> tell all the lovely, great listeners out there where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore cinema bliss. All right. And where can they find your uh, written work? Oh, yeah. At Jump Cut Online and AwardCircuit.com. Awesome. Awesome. Two platforms that we're all pretty big fans of over here at Next Best Picture. And we're really excited just to see where you continue to go on from there. So... Dan Bayer, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Dan on Film. And how about you, Josh Parm? You can find me on Twitter at J.R. Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Child's Play here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, write us a comment, rate us five stars, let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback as well as your support, which you can lend over at Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 